Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and missionaries and professors from the Living Faith Fellowship. And this week, we have Jonathan Kindler with us. Uh, Jonathan is the co-professor of the Intro to Biblical Counseling class that we're offering this semester at LFBI. Now, John is a unique interview because he's a professional counselor. That's what he does by trade. But John is also a biblicist. And so while he was trained in the the science of psychology, um, he holds to a biblical ideology in terms of the way he approaches life and and the way he sees human need. Mm. And so we're excited about interviewing because he is going to kind of bring those two worlds together and give us an idea of why biblical counseling is, uh, is so great and so important and uh, should be relied upon by the Christian. So, John. Hey. What's up, dude? Man, just glad to be here. It's going to be fun? Yeah, I think so. Um, so before we get started, what what caused you to get into counseling? Yeah, uh, well, last time we were together, um, I shared a little bit about um, the time that I played in the band. And uh, through that experience, really, uh, just getting to, to see uh, a lot of you know, people and sit with them in their pain and uh, often, you know, kind of feeling a bit of, um, you know, a loss at times to understand fully the, maybe what they're going through, just um, they're presenting issues with their anxiety or, um, you know, people sharing suicidal ideation, some of these things that just felt overwhelming. So I, you know, I was uh, excited about learning more about what that looked like. And that ultimately led to me, you know, looking for a master's program so that I could work in the, mm-hmm. the clinical setting. So just to give people some background, if they didn't hear the previous episode, John used to be in a band. And on tour, he got to have conversations with young people constantly. Right. And a lot of them had really serious issues. And so what you're saying is along the way, you realize that you didn't always have answers, either biblical answers, um, but, but also just you didn't know how to empathize with them or, or, or say things that were even loving or appropriate. Yeah, you know, and just um, I, I I was just really uh, passionate about that process Helping and thought, people. man, what a cool uh, job that would be, you know, mm-hmm. just to get to be able to do this all the time. And so uh, as I started to explore what that could look like, you know, um, being able to uh, get that uh, credential, you know, to be able to work in that setting mm-hmm. um, was, you know, something that I got really excited about. So tell us a little bit about your training and then what you do professionally now. What does it look like to do what you do? Yeah, so I I work um, as a licensed professional counselor, and that's the credential that allows me uh, to have a license in the state of Missouri to work in the clinical setting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I have a practice and I I work from there. And, um, you know, I work with all kinds of different presenting issues um, and anything from anxiety and depression to uh, I work with a lot of people needing uh, help recovering from trauma or uh, maybe suicidal thoughts or self-harm um, or maybe, you know, abuse that they'd gone through in some way. And so uh, that's usually who I'm working with. And I get to work with individuals and couples as well as uh, family systems, you know, so meeting mm-hmm. with the whole family. And uh, in terms of who comes into my office around you know, 60% of the people I see, you know, uh, are professed believers. And so uh, from that, 
um, you know, in those in those relationships, I'm able to utilize the word of God as the authority, and then um, with the other uh, group of people, I'm I'm having um, opportunities, looking for open doors for people of peace to be able to uh, present to them biblical mm-hmm. truth, and um, you know, as a as a um, a servant of the Lord, you know, my heart is to be able to to find ways to to share the gospel, even in that right. career. And I, and I think, you know, I because I used to be a teacher, I think about what you do uh, as a lot like what I did. Like by by law, I wasn't allowed to just start sharing the gospel on a day to day basis, but I was looking for invitations to have those conversations. And I kind of think of what you do as being somewhat similar to that. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and um, you know, it, it's interesting because. That is true, and, and just even from talking to you about this in the past, um, a, a lot of people are interested in spiritual conversations. Mm-hmm. So people come in, and they're you know I meet people on you know their worst days, you know uh, people in their worst seasons of life, and um, and they're you know desperate, you know looking for answers. And so uh, it's surprising, actually, it, it, it's surprising to see how many Christians aren't interested in having mm. spiritual conversations and how uh, pe- maybe people who are non-believers who really are wanting something like that. Right. So, And so you're just looking for them bringing up spiritual things or giving you permission to enter into that kind of conversation. Right. And, you know, I, um, I'm prayed up, right, and I'm ready. Um, and, you know, I have different ways over the years that I've found that, um, you know, really gets to kind of see like, is this person interested in talking about God? And one of the ways just easy is in the intake, I ask them if they're interested in spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. And most people will say, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I'll ask them if they have belief in God in the intake and they kind of go through a series of questions and- Explain intake, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so just the paperwork that they fill out beforehand, it's basically just a questionnaire uh, with a series of questions, you know, them ask, you know, answering why they're here, you know, and so in that, I think it says something like, um, "Do you have a relationship or any type of faith position? Mm-hmm. Has that faith position changed, you know, throughout your life? Are you interested in talking about your mm-hmm. faith, you know?" Mm-hmm. And if someone says yes, I mean, that's a pretty wide open door, especially because. Most of our issues are are spiritual in nature mm-hmm. when we really dig down into it, you know. And I think people uh, know that to be true in their right. heart of hearts. And so when we really get down into essentially what you're looking for in in the therapy relationship is identifying incongruence. So you're you're doing this, yet it seems like this there's this other truth that that's really rubbing up against for you, and that's causing that produces anxiety in your life and. So those spiritual conversations aren't that far away. Yeah, that's and that's great. Now we're going to be talking a lot, if you don't mind, about the contrast between what we understand to be biblical counseling and mm. what you might do in the professional s- setting. Because obviously, therapy, like if if we think about therapy, the average person is thinking about, um, you know, uh, a psychologist sitting in a chair and then someone, you know, laying down on a couch and. And maybe some of that stereotype has disappeared considering the fact that therapy is so incredibly common now right. that, that I think it's typical for people to know what a counseling s- setting looks like. I mean, it's you and you're hanging out. It's a fairly relaxed environment, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's not too many people laying on couches anymore. Right. Um, 
you know, that would be nice if, if I could do that, right? But um, but it's not you with a pad of paper staring, like, in right. sweating. I'm not analyzing them. A cigar hanging out of your mouth or whatever. Right, I just right. imagine Freud in that right. room or whatever. Right. Um, but it is, a, it is a professional setting, and it it is secular in nature unless someone invites you to have a spiritual conversation. It tends right. towards, like, a, a secular perspective on normalization. Can you explain a little bit about that aspect of of what you do, and then maybe discuss with us a little bit about the um, shortcomings of the, mm. the the common therapeutic approach? Right. So, typically, um, a clinical therapist uh, from a secular worldview is uh, looking to provide for their patient a higher degree of freedom. That's actually the language that's used. So a higher degree of freedom from their presenting issues. And we mm -hmm. know those to be, you know, symptoms from anxiety, depression, or whatever it is that they're coming in saying, this is what's happening in my right. life. So if they can, um, if they can, if they can provide some sort of symptom reduction, um, or even addressing some root issue to where they find relief or what, what might be described as being more well adjusted, that would be mm -hmm. the that would be the goal of uh, the secular counselor. So there's lots of different theories and approaches. I mean, that's incredibly vast, thousands, thousands, and they you know and they change over time, and and some of them are more um, effective than others. Um, but all of these practices um, really um, don't um, attend to the root issue. You know, mm -hmm. they and they. Um, they don't really uh, have the ability to do what maybe true uh, biblical counseling can provide. So in the clinical setting, uh, the most success that I can provide someone, you know, um, if they aren't interested in in the gospel is is that higher degree of freedom, you know, so I can um, look to help them uh, recover from anxiety or find ways for them to um, grieve maybe what might be causing them depression. But uh, in terms of true transformation uh, on a foundational level, um, you know, clinical practices don't really have access to that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so like where, a, you know, clinical therapy might be able to uh, provide some relief, you know, um, it cannot redeem or reconcile the soul. Right. And uh, where clinical therapy might be able to provide that higher degree of freedom, it cannot um uh, you know, free us from the bondage of sin and death, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't have access to those parts of us. You know, even right. even the most intensive um, inpatient treatment, right? Uh, maybe maybe it can uh, really help somebody recover from maybe a drug addiction or or some sort of trauma, but um, it doesn't it doesn't compare to maybe what like the local church could provide uh, in terms of well, first. Uh, the real transformation of salvation and then, you know, the opportunity to worship and to uh, be discipled and to have mentors mm -hmm. and, um, you know, to be in a Bible study and right. to, to be surrounded by the committed community of the local church. Right. So all of these uh, things uh, are absent, really, in terms of, um, you know, what maybe a secular uh, therapists might be able to provide versus biblical counseling. So what I'm hearing from you is that that really at the at the the secular practice of of counseling, your your best bet is to get someone functioning and and happy, functioning yeah, in normal life, being learning how to cope with 
um, constant symptoms of, of whatever it is that they've been struggling with, learning how to get past that and then find a place where they can kind of be happy. And then ultimately, though, they're still just they might still be just as empty as they were when they came in but they might just find a little bit more enjoyment in life. Sure. Yeah. So the, a lot of times you'll hear and this kind of a popular thing. That's um, a phrase that goes around. We want to take people from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, if, if you don't have, if you have anxiety, like crippling anxiety, and then you don't, it can feel a lot like that. And I think the, you know, as a believer, the thing that, that can feel sobering, you know, you, uh, you, we look to passages. I have it here. Uh, Mark, uh, 836 it says for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul so if we're able to receive you know r- you know relief um from our discomforts yet we don't receive christ mm-hmm. you know it's like we missed it right right so i think that can be um that's concerning in terms of um you know what we might call christian counseling is we might help somebody a ton and then really kind of just help them to not allow their problems to lead them to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So over time, I mean, you've been discipled, you know, you've, you've grown up now learning God's word. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you would consider yourself to be like-minded with much of the living faith fellowship and, and, you know, the theology that we ascribe to, and you've learned a biblical form of counseling as well. Hmm. Can you describe or contrast the two? I know it's kind of apples and oranges, but a lot of times the two get pitted against each other. Yeah. Um, but maybe could you just explain the, what biblical counseling is and why it is preferable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what you said, it's it, they're not the same. They're foundationally and fundamentally different, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the goal of biblical counseling is, is to not produce a Christian version of what the world has created, but to equip uh, the counselor with uh, the ability to use God's word to uh, uh, to allow for someone to recover themselves from, um, you know, whatever bondage they might be in. So we have an authority already. And that's, that's the main uh, difference, right, is uh, the world doesn't have an authority. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that authority changes. And it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, the definition of a counselor is one who provides direction, right? And so Mm. both the secular counselor and the biblical counselor are are doing that. They're providing direction, but from where they're providing direction from, like their their guidebook, right, right, is different. And so, you know, we know the word of God is, is steadfast, right? So it is this straight path. And then, you know, at times, um, you know, secular counseling or maybe some, you know, methodology might cross over that path. And Mm -hmm. so at points it could look similar. Right. When they stumble onto biblical truth. Uh, But it it kind of looks like, you know, you have this this path and then all of these other paths, you know, crossing over it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, there's some paths that are very far away. Right. But um but that's the that's the um, the reality, right? Mm-hmm. That we already have an authority. Uh, whereas a lot of times, you know, you take like a, a humanistic approach. Uh, well, now you, uh, Brandon, are the authority, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what is it that is your truth? Okay, let right. me help you. And then you're inviting in all kinds of personal 
objectives, right. you know, your own opinions, and and they all they all find them your worldview, your your own personal ideals. They make their way into the counseling situation, and they begin to impact the direction that you take the conversation. Right. And I feel like in in many ways the only thing that I see as like maybe the constant uh, similarity between what we see in a, in a secular therapy setting versus what we see in a biblical counseling setting is they both employ talk therapy. Like you talk, conversation. you're having a conversation. Well, you, well, actually there's, you know, that's m- the majority of that is true, but there's a lot of therapies that, they like I even, said, that are pretty far off that path yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, can look like really anything but Crazy. but yeah but there is you know that's a that's a, a more popular type of secular therapy is talk therapy mm-hmm. yeah so maybe just for a minute let's take take an opportunity to talk about the difference between biblical counseling and 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 therapy in terms of the spiritual part of it mm-hmm. so like could you describe how biblical counseling provides liberation mm-hmm. where maybe secular therapy provides that like what you're saying the the higher degree of freedom what's the difference at that level at the liberation level right so you know uh, from the you know the onset of biblical counseling the the counselor's um a, you know goal is to to identify whether the individual is saved you know mm-hmm. have they received Christ right um because uh you know we have you know we know that um, without Christ, we can't please God. Romans mm-hmm. eight eight. We in the flesh, we can't. And so that is the the foundational, um, you know, um, you know, goal, right? Right. Like for them to be saved. And so from the beginning, we want to be on the same page with this individual um, in order for them to be able to identify with and receive the Word of God to receive truth. Mm-hmm. So the liberty, you know, that that we have in Christ is is there's no counterpart really to that in secular therapy. Yeah. There's no salvation besides salvation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Jesus Christ ultimately, I mean that's the the primary objective from the beginning is evangelism. Right. Yeah. And so m- maybe paint for a, a picture for us where in your in the secular you already described this in a secular setting, you're trying you're trying to evangelize at some level. Mm. But your hands are tied based on whether or not they're inviting you to do that. When someone steps into a biblical counseling setting, if whether they're saved or not, that becomes apparent really quick because you can address it outright. Right. And so, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like uh, in the intake, right? So at yeah. the beginning of this counseling relationship, we kind of set the parameters for what this is going to look like. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a biblical counselor, that is you know, some of the parameters like, hey, this is this is what I can provide you because we're already operating with the the reality that the word of God is our authority. Right. So we start there together and I'm presenting that uh, to you, which mm-hmm. then allows me to as a biblical counselor um, to to communicate uh, from that position. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, you already talked a little bit about authorities. So uh, obviously, the authority in a biblical counseling situation is the Bible, right? Yeah. And um, but but beyond that, you you also mentioned this idea of biblical counseling being more holistic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Ex- explain what you mean by that. So yeah, true biblical counseling takes place in the context of you know the local church, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, as I was saying earlier, it's like uh, if we could imagine the most um, holistic in-treatment uh, facility, and, and there are, in, there's, um, you know, you know, 
facilities out there that provide rehabilitation facilities and therapies facilities of all sorts and they provide all types of different treatments and you stay there and you and you get you know basically you're immersed in this for a period of time but what's incredible about the body of christ is that um as you are plugged into the local church you have this in treatment facility right Mm -hmm. like you have pastors teaching you right mm-hmm. about what the word of god says this is our authority and this is what it says so they're mining god's word for truth and then sharing that with you when when the body gathers together you have discipleship which is i'm walking alongside somebody daily who is pouring their life into me who's on the path you know they're already ahead of me right mm-hmm. we have um opportunities to to worship god which is you know um man if anything is is healing, it's being able to to praise the Lord, right? So we have just all of these opportunities, and then you get plugged into ministry. Um, you know, you um, you get in Bible studies. You have all of these different ways that completely surrounds the individual, so that they can get on the path that God planned for them. Mm-hmm. And and what's the, what's really you know just incredible is it isn't just now that we reduced your symptoms, right? But now we start to see the transformation. We talk about that as sanctification, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this salvation, and then this individual is moving through sanctification, and you start to see them living out the plan that God had for them instead of, okay, this guy um, isn't anxious anymore, right? right. Uh, he's no longer um, having panic attacks, mm-hmm. you know? And um, that's, a, that's a good thing, but in terms of, like, uh, you know, eternity it's not the main thing it's not the main thing right as you were talking it, it made me in my mind I, I imagine for a second you know so much of incongruence as you refer to it uh is related to how someone was raised and how the f- family structure failed and someone ends up with some sort of nervous or anxious or insecure insecure habit, um broken way of thinking and i was thinking about how you were talking about the body of christ they just the church has the ability to just replace any notion mm. of a physical family. Man. And so maybe you've done been done dirty by your actual family that raised you and that's caused you all these problems. But the body of Christ has the ability to come in and to replace your family and then rebuild your perspective on what a spiritual family should mm. be. Um, so that that was the, the most initial Whoa. illustration. Yeah, dude. These, this is this is my father. This mm-hmm. is my mother's. This is my brother's. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, we have this. Um, you know that would be described in in the clinical world as a corrective, transformative experience. You have uh, a way that things have always gone for you, and you know you see these rhythms and themes in people's lives. And here you enter into this whole uh, microcosm in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, this is your family, and now instead of you know being abandoned by your mothers and your fathers, um, you're being tended to, you're being sought out after, accepted. You're being accepted. Um, hey, you have a place here, right? Like um, you are a part of what we're doing here. And it isn't just for you to, you know, if the local church is operating as it as it should, it isn't you're attending a service, you're living life with us. We're doing ministry together. Mm-hmm. And so there is um, so much opportunity for real healing to, um, you know, what the clinical world would describe as attachment wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, attachment wounds are wounds from these, you know, relationships early on in the family of origin. Yeah. Mm. And you mentioned worship too. And I, I, you know, I was thinking about when you're in a pew with someone and you're calling out to the Lord and you look over and you, you see someone that's as screwed up as you are, mm. 
right? And you can see them glorifying the Lord. There's a sense of unity that is healing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that, I mean, I don't even know what to look for in terms of the counterpart to that. There just isn't, that just doesn't exist, right, right in the world. Yeah, so. yeah. So maybe talk a little bit more. You mentioned earlier also about about purpose, um, which is something also that, you know, a secular therapist really can't just offer someone. I mean, they might help someone discover, you know, a hobby or something that can pass their time or something that they could even be really passionate about. Maybe mm -hmm. it's some sort of community service or an entrepreneurial, you know, a, a counselor in a secular setting might be able to encourage someone to have some form of worldly identity and purpose, but it's not transcendent, mm -hmm. right? So what you're describing is a transcendent purpose in the church in a biblical counseling worldview. Right. And, you know, the way that the world, um, you know, the secular uh, counseling setting would uh, view that is providing a treatment goal, right? So mm -hmm. we have different treatment goals. And as we move through that throughout the, the counseling process, we're checking these off. But uh, there is no real um, uh, counterpart to actual true purpose. You know, and when we think about that from the biblical counseling perspective, we're looking for someone to live out what God has called them to do, what their what their mission is, you know, mm -hmm. what is God's plan for them. So um, as we're moving through the process with them, we've identified the issue, you know, we're we're holding God's word next to it. Um, they're starting to uh, recover themselves from that. Um, alongside that, they're you know involved in you know the local church, and as they do that, man they start to see what God has for them. Like, mm -hmm. oh man, God's calling me to this mission, to, to this ministry, to this field. And um, man, when someone gets there, um, what's anxiety? You know, right. like yeah. they don't, they're they're gone, right? It's like, no longer a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. behind them. And even if it, you know, even, you know, if there is something like that that comes, it doesn't get to consume them, right? So, yeah. um, you know, just a word on anxiety. I mean, it's, it's a, um, you know, something that happens in our body neurologically that that helps us in a way. It, it provides for us to be alert. Uh, but when we talk about it from a clinical perspective, um, it, it usually is referring to it uh, consuming us, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's normal for humans to feel anxiety, but it's not normal for us to let it consume us, right? And yeah. provoke us to worry and to fear. And that's where people get lost. But man, if you have your eyes set on the mission, like mm -hmm. this is where I'm headed, you might have some anxiety, but then you also know how to do Bible, right? Like you right. know how to say Philippians 4, I'm gonna be careful for nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication, right? Yeah. God promises when I lay it at his feet, man, he's gonna give me his peace. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to keep my heart and my mind anymore because it says right there in Philippians 4 that, well, Jesus, will keep my heart and my mind, right? Yeah. So all of that, you know, the God's word leads us to surrendering those things so that we can get back to why God created us. Yeah. 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 Man, that's that's good. So like when when the divine enters into the equation, it it changes things completely. Your perspective no longer is bound by by the constraints of you and your moment and your environment and your situation, your circumstance mm. is no longer the only thing that's been broken wide open mm. because um, God's divine nature has entered in and you have a purpose that's eternal in nature. Like Absolutely. no matter what happens to you, you're still secure. 
Right. And yeah, man, I mean, I like I just get goosebumps like thinking about that because mm-hmm. um, with it makes sense. Right. It's like God either created us or he didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And if he created us. Right. And he desires for have a relationship with us and to, to, you know, to use us for his kingdom, to bring us into the work that he's doing, then um, without him being a part of the picture, like. How are we supposed to to live? How are we supposed to have real liberty? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I guess to me, it just it starts to everything starts to feel a lot more simple when when you bring in that foundational piece. Tell us a little bit about the the character of the biblical counselor. This is something you and I have talked about quite a bit, um, and I think that that obviously a biblical counselor is held to a higher standard than uh, a secular counselor would be. There's a lot of accountability in the secular counseling world mm. um, that's governmental in nature. You know, there's certifications, there's things, all these things, these boxes that you have to check as mm. that kind of, of professional. But in the in the biblical counseling setting, there's something that you actually have to be in order to be effective at it. Right. Maybe yeah. describe a little bit about that. Man, I, so we go right to 2 Timothy 2, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I, I have it here. Um, and I can just walk through it, yeah, you know. So, do. Um, we we go to this first because it provides us a framework for the shepherd, mm-hmm. right? For the individual who is guiding this, and you know, the the counselee or the the person who's who's wrestling, right? So we go through it. It says first, Second uh, Timothy two mm-hmm. verse twenty four, and the servant of the Lord must not strive. So right there, the counselor is the servant of the Lord, and they must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to. Uh, to teach and and to be patient. So this individual has character qualities that allows for them to posture themselves in a way that they are um, um, uh, available, really, to to care for this person. um, To the person in the body of Christ that's hurting. Absolutely. Or ensnared. Absolutely. So in, in verse 25, it says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So we have this structure right here that God gives us the 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 heart posture of the of the steward or of the of the shepherd rather mm-hmm. of the servant of the Lord and it's to be in meekness which is to be gentle right yeah. and so we come alongside them I like how uh, Pastor Sam says it he said we fall all over ourselves yeah. to meet them where they are right to come alongside them to tell them hey um, you know this is what's happening in your life and you know this is what God's word says about it we we instruct them. Uh, where you're opposing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we keep uh, going. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, so this is huge, right? Because now all of a sudden we understand what our role is in this. So our responsibility is to instruct them. It's really God's responsibility to 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 call them into repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, there's a spiritual component that's happening that releases the counselor from uh, getting them to think or to feel or to do. And reality, in reality, we're just trusting the Lord. Okay, God, I I'm just going to be a servant of the Lord, and this is what Your Word says. Mm-hmm. You've called me to love this person and to care for them, and to also be like, hey. This is a thing that's happening in your life that is incongruent with the Word of God. And so then we keep going in verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So the third portion of it is their responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? So we have ours to instruct them in love. We have God's calling them to repentance. And then, of course, 
um, you know, they have to recover themselves. So it gives us this real uh, clear framework of what it looks like to be a counselor, right. uh, a biblical counselor, um, and the character qualities that we need to embody. And it, it isn't, I think that it's, you know, just to compare that to uh, a secular counselor, this isn't just to be empathic, you know, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's uh, huge right now. You right. Know, everybody's it, talking about Right. And, and the, and the, the, the language behind that is to think and feel your way into someone's, you know, felt experience. That mm -hmm. might be how they would say it. And, and there's something to that. But, but, um, if, if you're in meekness as a servant of the Lord, that is a byproduct, right? Like to, to love someone mm -hmm. like that is a byproduct instead of something that's manufactured. I'm going to think my way and feel my way into, you know, Brandon's sure. circumstance instead of, man, God, the Holy Spirit's in me. And, and because of what God's done in my life, like I am humbled. I, you know, God's given me the desire to love this person uh, that is apart from anything in me, mm -hmm. right? And so that gives me the posture, right, to be the biblical counselor. It's not manufactured, it's it's authentic, right? right? And so then yeah. the fruit that comes from that also is authentic. So it's, it's like, you know, what you're saying is that in order for counseling to be truly biblical, in terms of its presentation, it should be done in love, it should be done in meekness and in gentleness. And if the posture of the counselor is incorrect. If, if the objective is to just convey some truth um, or demand that someone submit to some truth, hmm. that that could actually be ineffective in terms of its ability to reach that person. Yeah, man, uh, we, we want um, to speak truth and love. You mm -hmm. know, we want to... Um, we want to be able to do that in a way that's effective, right? So yeah. um, we want both of those positions to be present. So in order for someone to be able to receive truth, they have to um, be in a position where they feel loved, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, being able to be in meekness is, is incredibly important uh, because it provides that gentleness and um, allowing for someone to uh, start to walk through really what it is that they're entangled in rather than trying to in some way um, survive, right? Mm -hmm. To defend themselves or to um, uh, try to even put on some sort of, um, you know, face of I'm okay or whatever it is that right. they might do to protect themselves. Right. So uh, the, uh, the meekness allows for us to cut to the core, right? Of what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And it invites the person to to actually participate versus guard themselves. Right, absolutely. Um, man, this has been so helpful in terms of of giving us an overview, particularly like reconciling the fact that you're like, you like represent two things that are in our minds like diametrically opposed to each mm. other, right? And in many regards they are. Mm. I mean, uh, Christians have nothing to do with the secular worldview, right? We're kind of outside right. of that. But what you've done is you've you've shown us that it's possible to be a professional therapist, <clears throat> but also recognize that that the Bible is it's the enough. only way. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. And so, in closing, could you share with us just a little bit uh, about what you and Sam will be addressing in the Intro to Biblical Counseling class? Give us a taste of what that'll be like. Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, really excited about this class. Um, I think that it's just going to uh, be eye opening for a lot of people. I mean, Sam. Um, just has a way of uh, presenting, you know, um, you know, the biblical model uh, for counseling. That's just humbling. It's it's super cool. I feel 
so grateful just to get to learn from him and to, to be a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it is an entry-level class, so it's just introduction, right? So it's a flyover, and we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. But what you're going to get in the class is um, practical application, right, on how to to, to do Second uh, Timothy 2, right, mm-hmm. to sit with people. And uh, so we go through principles and methodology, but you're also going to get the backstory of how we even got here, right? So right. God's plan for man and then, you know, man's problem. And what's, uh, you know, if we uh, boil all of that down, what we really start to see is that God created man, you know, with purpose, uh, he created us exactly, you know, the way that we are with needs and um, uh, for that to be manifested through the mission that mm-hmm. God has for us. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, in the garden, God uh, gave us all those liberties, gave them that those liberties, and they chose to do it their, their way. Right. And since that moment, we have been trying to claw our way back into the garden through our own means, mm. you know, and so we have illegitimate solutions uh, for very legitimate needs that God mm. created for us. And so as we, um, you know, make it through the biblical counseling material, we start to see that, um, you know, shine through and it gives us a, a posture, right? Mm-hmm. So that when we do, you know, man, everybody we know has problems, right? Mm-hmm. And we hold, you know, the word of God. And if we can, if we can mine the word of God, and if we can build relationships where we can show people what God's word says about their life, man, we can really get people um, on board for living out their life the way that God intended, right? you know, and ultimately at the judgment seat, you know, for them to have uh, fruit, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's really the the mission, right? Is to uh, to go and and to meet people there and to uh, see them come to know the Lord, and then for them to be able to do the same. Yeah. Well, dude, this was uh, this was good and helpful and a great taste of, of what the class is going to be like. So, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate awesome it. Awesome time. And I want to thank you as well for joining us for another episode of the Postscript. Uh, I'm very grateful that you spent this time with us. Hopefully it was edifying and and strengthening to you. Uh, If you, you know, heard this and you thought, man, uh, I need to learn more about biblical counseling, go to lfbi.org. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be too late to enroll in this particular class, but it will be offered again within a very short cycle. So you can keep an eye out for it. Uh, And in the meantime, uh, find other leadership classes, classes where you can learn God's word and you can learn some of the principles that we've been talking about today. We want to invite you to do that. Also, we want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast or maybe follow us on our YouTube channel. Uh, We we would love for you to stay up to date with all of the content that's coming out. Um, And you may have heard by now, we're going to have a new segment called PS Plus that Van Sneed is going to host. So that's also very exciting. And, And so come hang with us anytime that you can. We want to thank you for being with us. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Hey, Postscript listeners, we've hit 52 episodes and we're so thankful for the fact that you've joined us for so many interviews with pastors and professors as they've come through the studio. And we really do hope that it's been an encouragement to you. Now we're really excited because we have an announcement to make. This fall, we're gonna be launching a new segment called PS Plus, and it's gonna be hosted by my dear friend, Van Sneed. 
So if you're listening to this and you're probably already familiar with the format of the postscript where each week Pastor Brandon interviews pastors and missionaries and other professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Well, on the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of the topics that are being discussed and do a deep dive. But don't let that fool you. The episodes are going to be 10 to 15 minutes, so they're short, they're sweet, they're edifying for you, but they're also shareable with your friends, your families and other folks that need to hear it. So that's a really good point. We've always wanted the postscript to be edifying and encouraging to you, but now we're gonna be creating content that's shareable for your friends and family. If they wanna hear more about what you believe, this is gonna be the perfect opportunity for them. So we're really excited about this and we hope you join us this fall for the PS Plus. We'll see you soon.